0: Hi, I'm Connor Svensson, founder and CEO of Web3Labs and this is your week in blockchain on Monday the 26th of April 2021. The leaders this week include the launch of a new CDBC task force in the UK, bumper yields are being predicted for Ether, Richemont the owner of Cartier and other luxury brands are getting more involved in blockchain, Facebook's DM may be launching later this year, there's been another DeFi hack. IBM are finally making some noise about NFTs, and there's Engine's JumpNet NFT platform that's launched. The Bank of England and the HM Treasury in the UK have launched a new task force to explore digital currency. They're looking at central bank digital currencies, which would enable a new form of digital money to be issued by the Bank of England for use by households and businesses. This would s- work alongside existing uh, cash and bank deposits rather than replacing them. The government and Bank of England have not yet made a decision on whether or not they're going to actually introduce this, but what they've done is they've engaged uh, widely with stakeholders on the benefits, risks and practicalities of doing so. The task force uh, plans to ensure a strategic approach is adopted between the UK and Authorities and uh, in exploring CDBCs, and it will require close coordination among a number of different actors. The overall goal, though, though, of this is to coordinate the, uh, the, and explore the objectives and use cases and opportunities presented by CDBCs to guide the evaluation and design features that must be included to support the goals of this, support rigorous, coherence and comprehensive assessment of the actual use cases for uh, CDBC and uh, monitor the actual uh, international developments here as well and to ensure that the UK remains at the forefront for global innovation. This was a huge piece of news when it came out this week, Simply because you know, the the UK is a very significant economy and very very involved in the you know fintech space and very much a one of being one of the global financial centres, uh, the actual you know the, the ramifications of this are, are very significant. So it's it's really positive news to see that the authorities are really looking at the technology very seriously. And kind of related to this, PwC actually launched their uh, CDBC Global Index, uh, the first edition of this uh, in the last. Week too, and the idea here is that it's uh, an an index that's well, it's really a report to measure a central bank's uh, level of maturity in deploying their own uh, digital currency, and so what they do is they've created an index that uh, captures the central bank's progress, uh, their stance on CDBC development, and actually public interest in a, a, a couple of use cases. The first of which is retail, which is where these, um, these CDBC currencies are actually held directly by citizens and corporates. And then the other is interbank or wholesale, which is where these, these are payments using CDBCs, um, which are controlled by financial institutions. Um, so they use therefore Payments, but also financial settlements as well. Within the report itself, uh, they actually outline the traction by different countries for retail applications and and wholesale. Uh, but it's, it's a really interesting report to actually go a bit deeper in terms of where we are currently uh, in in the actual landscape here. In China, the one of, one of the regulators there has said that Bitcoin is should be classified as a alternative investment. This is something that came out on Twitter. Where, uh, Li Bo, a deputy governor of the People's Bank of China, uh, the country's central bank there, said that uh, Bitcoin and stable coins are alternative investments in the eyes of the law. So th- this is interesting because it's them saying that it's not to be treated as a currency, but it's still to be treated as an alternative investment. And so there's that level of speculation that's included in, in this view there. We've also seen the Ether, the cryptocurrency, reach a new record high this week of uh, topping $2,600. The, re- the reasons perceived for that is that The market anticipates there is actually going to be a supply drop of uh, the Ether cryptocurrency that powers the Ethereum network when this EIP-1559 upgrade comes live. We've spoken about this uh, previously where in effect what's going to start happening with this fork that's currently planned in July. The Ethereum miners, uh, will their fees will reduce and what will happen is the the actual Ethereum network will burn some of the Ether that gets used in transactions. This will ultimately drive down the the price for uh, users of the platform and create a a fairer, more equitable uh, environment for people transacting with it but there's been a bit of controversy because some of the miners aren't so happy with it but right now it looks like it's going to go ahead as planned and the the, the good thing here. Here is that uh, a it brings down transaction prices, but also it seems that it's had uh, it increases the actual value of those of people who actually hold Ether already. So there's this perceived as being quite a few positive benefits there. Something else that also came out was uh, a, a tweet by uh, Justin Drake, one of the E2 researchers, who's played out some models uh, talking about where. How how the ether price could be affected by what's being called the merge, which is when the current power-hungry Ethereum proof-of-work network merges with the new ETH2 proof-of-stake network, which hopefully uh, may happen later this year. And the anticipation there is that staking fees for those who actually already staking ether could go up to as high as 25% APR by his conservative estimates. So again, another area which has drawn in a lot of interest there. That being said, against this uh, background of all. highs we've also seen a big market sell off in, in the in the last couple of days with uh, ether dropping down now to below $2200 and uh, bitcoin as well going below 50k for the first time in a while IDC have uh, released a new report and they estimate that uh, global spending and blockchain solutions will reach uh, 19 billion by 2024 this is compared to an estimate that was at 6.6 billion in 2021 um, with a compound annual growth rate of 48%. Well, one of the fascinating things in this guide is it talks about as well which industries they see the the most traction happening in blockchain too and so um, banking is, is very much at the forefront which accounts for 30% of the worldwide total of spending um, estimated in 2021 and they anticipate that that will remain the case. Um, The primary use cases being seen according to their report are cross-border payments and trade finance. And then apparently next up is is manufacturing with uh, 20% of the spending and uh, lineage and provenance uh, are the main use cases there. But, but they do anticipate that there's going to be significant growth in other sectors and uh, government healthcare and professional services as well we see the most impact. Moving on to um, crypto specific news, Venmo, the widely used payments platform owned by PayPal is now accepting crypto. So there's 70 million customers can buy, sell and hold a cryptocurrency using the Venmo app. Initially, it's only supporting Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash. Again, it's just just an indication of the popularity of cryptocurrencies and companies wanting to offer these to consumers based on demand. There also seen uh, three Ether ETFs have began trading on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Three firms producing these received the green light from the Ontario Securities Commission last week. This move follows um, shortly after the, the same regulator actually approved Bitcoin ETFs uh, earlier on this year. So it, although this hasn't happened in the U.S. market yet, the fact it's happening in Canada, which is a very positive sign. Time magazine have also announced that they uh, accept crypto for uh, the digital subscriptions. This is something that we've brought up in previous editions, how Time Magazine's getting involved more in the crypto space with accepting payments. And now what they've done is they've paired up with uh, Crypto.com, who provide the the, the crypto app, and people can pay using crypto to to provide 18 months of access to unlimited content on their site. WeWork um, 2 have announced that they're getting into the crypto space and will start accepting crypto for payments and will actually add the funds directly to their balance sheet rather than uh, to trade them out into a fiat currency, which is often what happens with a number of companies. The German telecoms company Deutsche Telekom has also announced that it's bought a number of Cello coins for the, the Cello blockchain platform. The purchase was made through their innovation pool, and um, although they haven't commented specifically on the purchase as such, it's very positive to see a large corporate getting involved in the fundamental uh, crypto economics associated with this project by actually investing in the coins there. Uh, what, what Celo provides is a blockchain platform that's really focused on developing world applications with uh, those individuals who don't have access to things like banking and so on. And so they, they provide like a, a, a pegged stable coin, um, but also they, they run as a blockchain network. Again, positive news to see this, this institutional interest. Also the, in the UK, the 110-year-old uh, asset manager, Bally Gifford, has invested 100 million in uh, blockchain.com. They're one of the UK's most prominent asset managers and they have uh, 445 assets under management. Another piece of UK-centric news, the major UK bank uh, NatWest announced that they wouldn't uh, be serving businesses that are dealing in crypto. Um, This was via The Guardian newspaper but then afterwards they came back and said it wasn't the case. But I think more and more generally when you hear about HSBC has been taking quite a conservative approach towards crypto and then also hearing as well NatWest doing Similar thing. There's a bit of a contrast there with what what some of the UK banks are saying compared with uh, the American banks, for instance, such as Morgan Stanley and Goldman's, and of course J.P. Morgan, who are, are really sort of diving in uh, to the asset class. And uh, the Cartier, Cartier, Onia, uh, Richmond, which is the second largest largest luxury conglomerate in the world, they've actually spoken about um, how they worked with NFTs on an Ethereum-based platform, partnering with uh, Ariane for. Uh, these Vacheron Constantin uh, luxury watches. Uh, They made use of a um, Ethereum platform for this because they wanted to actually target consumers and provide transparency. Hence, it made sense for them to actually work with the public Ethereum network. Also, uh, Prada and Cartier have joined the LVMH Aura blockchain consortium, uh, which is focused on addressing counterfeits. Uh, it was launched by Microsoft and Consensus in 2019 and consumers can f- can view details of the authenticity of uh, an LVMH product by scanning a QR code that's on the label and then they this is via an app which then provides the full story about the actual uh, item covering like the raw materials that we used all the way through to manufacturing and production and um, it's also got information about product care and warranties but it's just great to see this you know there's more, more traction occurring with this you know very valid use case of the technology. There's also been news about the Facebook backed DM project planning to launch a digital currency pilot later this year the intent here is that it will be a stable coin that's actually pegged to the US dollar. Uh, the, the actual the association, uh, DM, formerly called Libra, um, is, is actually based out of Switzerland and they're in talks with the Swiss regulator about securing a payment license. Details aren't actually public of this yet, but apparently it's going to be small scale and focus on transactions between consumers. Also, the uh, the Swiss exchange SDX, the sixth digital exchange, has uh, joined the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance. This was interesting news because uh, they had previously spoken a lot about their work with Corda but now they're also looking to extend how they're using these blockchain platforms simply because of the amount of traction that you're seeing on Ethereum for digital assets. In the the world of public protocols, Cardano and Polkadot have um, really started to establish themselves in a a report that came out uh, on the website staking rewards. Cardano is currently the top blockchain in terms of staked value with uh, roughly 26.4 billion of uh, Cardano's ADA token uh, allocated to securing the network. And uh, then uh, Polkadot is uh, coming in second with about 22.7 billion worth of their DOT token lock which is about 64% of their circulating uh, supply. Between the two of them they currently represent 7.9% of 620 billion in crypto assets uh, that's that's designated for staking across uh, the the overall space. Ethereum 2 is currently the the fourth largest asset class with 8.2 billion staked uh, however, we're likely to see this number significantly grow as the, the cut over to the the ETH2 network becomes nearer. Also in the Polkadot news, there's a number of new offerings that are set to hit the market uh, in the next month or so too, um, with a view to taking on some of the activity that's happening across Ethereum and Binance Smart Chain. And so these include the Akala network, which is a DeFi hub on Polkadot, Moonbeam, which is a new smart contract platform, and also Clover, uh, which is another platform. For uh, um, running applications on top of it, so again, there's been a lot of pushes growing the ecosystem there. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how Polkadot grows over the coming months and years. In DeFi news, the decentralized exchange Uniswap has uh, hit a record $10 billion in weekly trading volume, which is a 26% increase over the last seven days. However, the the competitor Pancake Swap volumes are more than double uh, Uniswap currently. Uniswap, though, is also in preparation for its its big V3 Go Live, which we discussed here previously, which is due to happen on May the 5th. And They've also started deploying their their contracts for this upgrade to the Ethereum nest to actually do the the testing in preparation for this. Also, one of the projects that we've mentioned previously, Cream Finance, uh, have put up a 1.5 million bug bounty to improve DeFi security back in February we discussed how they'd lost 24 million from hackers due to a bug in one of their smart contracts. The DeFi protocol EasyFi has uh, reported a hack and actually lost over 80 million in funds. Uh, the, the blog post from the, the CEO and founder said that the, the hacker had actually transferred out almost 3 million tokens, which uh, were worth $25 a piece at the time, which came to this total of around 80 million. Um, apparently, the, the hacker actually managed to Get hold of the private key for um, one, one of their their wallets there, rather than doing it via a, a different mechanism, such as exploiting a bug in the smart contract. So again, it's just testament to the different you know attack vectors that people need to be very you know across when they're running these projects. The NFT world, uh, JumpNet Engine's new gas-free blockchain has uh, got fi- over fifty projects within its first two weeks of launch. Engine have been involved in the blockchain space for a while, and they are actually co-creators of the ERC. Uh, 1155 token standard, which is a token standard that enables you to have a contract that manages both fungible and non-fungible tokens uh, using the, the the same contract. So it provides a lot more flexibility than just saying we're going to go with ERC20, which are Uh, fungible tokens and uh, elc uh, 721 which are non-fungible. What they've done is they've they've spun up a Ethereum compatible blockchain which doesn't have gas fees um, and they've they've been able to get significant traction with that. So they've got companies uh, who've already started using it, which include Microsoft, Binance, OKX, Blockdown, My Metaverse um, and Metaverse Me. And So this will be definitely a platform to watch. The patent market platform, uh, IPWE, has partnered with IP To launch NFT patents. The patent records will actually be stored using IBM's blockchain technology. I think the interesting thing about this piece of news is that there hasn't really been a lot coming out from IBM in the space of NFTs. And so although this is just um, you know an announcement at this point in time, it shows that you know, potentially there is some interest in companies trying to build some applications on top of uh, IBM's blockchain technology. Also, the uh, Bitcoin-based NFT game Infinite Fleet has raised 7.2 million so far. This um, is a PC game that's focused on collectible spaceships that players can purchase. Sell and uh, use within the game. In terms of the metrics this week, we've seen the crypto market cap is down uh, 6.6% to so 1.82 trillion. Uh, the assets locked in DeFi are down 12% to uh, 52.9 billion. And then the NFT sales are, are down uh, roughly just over 22% uh, where we've seen over 25,000 sales with an average price of just over $1,300. That's all we have for this week. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. Links to all items discussed will be available in the show notes and on our website, weekinblockchain.com. We also host a weekly clubhouse session every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. UK time if you'd like to discuss any of the items we've covered here. Thanks and I'll see you next week.